Here we are again for another episode of A Reason for Hope Candid. We're here with Ryan, Alanis, and Jimmy, and I am Jack. How are we doing, guys? Doing good, Jack. Fantastic. So um, so today's episode uh, is called, Is Beauty in the Eye of the Beholder? This was a question that was brought to my attention by Dr. David Hyduck, our uh, director of theology here. And it, it caught me a little off guard because I'd never really thought about it before. Um, and I, I think the typical sort of uh, answer is like, oh, yeah, of course, beauty is in the eye of, of the beholder. But I think it's important to define beauty before we assume that it's in the eye of the beholder. Mm-hmm. So before we get into that, I mean, we it, it, beauty is often considered as one of the transcendentals, correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Correct. And Alanis had this idea of, of, of talking about the transcendentals today. So... Um, I thought that was great. And the three transcendentals that we're going to discuss today are... True, goodness, and beauty. Yeah. The true, the good, and the beautiful. Yeah. The true, the good, and the beautiful. True, Is that a Clint Eastwood movie? Sounds like it. Is it really? No, the good, the bad, and the ugly. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Well, are those transcendental? What? Because it's part of the metaphysical realm. It's like yeah. the antidote. Yeah. Good, bad, ugly. Yeah, the anti- they, those anti- tie into yeah, I think the so. transcendental. I think it ties in. Yeah. Well, uh, Jimmy, you <laughs> it ties in. Yeah. Jimmy, you were um, kind of hipping us to the definition of the the transcendentals because you were doing a little bit of research, right? And I did a little bit of research. Yes. Can so, you hip us, hip our audience to that? Hip check. Hip check. Hip check. <laughs> well, if our audience really likes, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, so I can hip you guys to it. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Not too hard now. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so the transcendentals, as I researched a little bit, is it's basically like what is inside of everything. It, it Like God is truth, God is beauty, God is goodness. So he is all of those things, but all of those things are in us. And like Dave, Dr. David Heideck has said to us before, these kinds of words don't really even describe. They don't even like... Mm. They don't, we can't have words to describe what God is, right? Yeah, it's, it's, it's these are so just unfathomable. Like, these are just the ways that we make sense of it's that. the best we can do. Right, yeah. so these transcendentals are like there's good, there's beauty, and there's truth in everything. I had heard something when I was doing some research, and it said yeah. basically that um, we all do things with goodness in mind. We don't purposefully do bad things. Sister Miriam James Highland said in our interview, like when God sees your sin, he sees your pain. Mm. Like we, we sin to make us feel better. And it's this mixed misdirected search for truth, beauty, and goodness. And that's Mm. what gets us in trouble sometimes. Absolutely. Um, So knowing what actual truth, beauty, and goodness is, is what can help us get on the right track to do the right things that will actually fulfill us, which will actually make us happy and whole. So, uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Oh yeah. Go ahead, Brian. Yeah. And that's, that's where the danger comes in. That's where the misconception of, of beauty right. comes in. Like, yes, in the way, yeah. Tr- you know, you meet someone, they're beautiful. Someone else might not find them attractive in that right. sense. Okay. Right. So the, right. the redefining of that, right. that's not really what we're talking about. It's right. almost like how, the romantics started writing about how mm-hmm. nature is beautiful. Sure, yeah, you see a sunset, you see all these things. Right. It's when you start focusing on that beauty, detached 
from God mm. in the sense where you then start worshiping that beauty and mm. then everything mm. about it right. is beautiful. Just like the the human body is right. a beautiful design and, right. you know, um, and sex is a beautiful thing. It's right. when you yeah. start kind of worshiping those things, that's where you kind of start having porn, you right. know, like right. that's right. Right. going in the other right. direction. But right. those people will probably defend it as this is art. This is beauty. I mean, right. what, what greater thing than, yeah. the, than the female body or the male, but whatever. Right. Um, right. That's right. where the trouble comes in and then it devolves into something yeah. much worse. Yeah. Right. Christopher West in one of the podcasts that we did said, uh, he was talking about his book, God is Beauty. Yeah. And he said, there's Capital B beauty and mm. there's lowercase b beauty. There you go. And nice. what you're like referring that. to is like this lowercase b beauty that he was talking about like the icon versus the idol. And we start idolizing like these mm. I like these idolic things, right? Yeah. That, yeah. Like sim that, that we think symbolize beauty. Uh and Leodaro said something as we start thinking parts are beautiful, not the whole of someone, right? Like she was a model yeah. and she said, like literally, it's like people think that like women or men have beautiful parts, but it's like you're beautiful because you are a man, because you are a woman. And I think that that is part of the thing where when we start picking and choosing these things that we subjectively think are beautiful, we lose the bigger picture of what beauty actually is. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I also wanted to touch on um, the um, the point you were making, Jimmy, about, uh, <clears throat> you know... Um, I guess essentially spoiled goodness. It's mm. you know, it's like we do bad things for like our own selfish good. Yes. You yes. know, yes. And so that's why. And, and this this brings to mind C.S. Lewis's *Mere Christianity*, which mm -hmm. I know you're you're reading or, mm -hmm. or have finished. And he talks about you know all all bad is just spoiled goodness. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. a a rotten apple is a is a good apple that has rotted. Right. And so Lewis also dives into the whole dualist philosophy, the whole dualist religious point of view in which good and bad badness are equal and one didn't create the other. They're they're like Both sort of exist this, at the same time. Absolutely. But like separately 50, of but each separate, other. Yeah. Which is which is just not the case because when when you see like the bad when you really look at the bad things that we do or, or, or other people do, they're doing it for for pleasure, for power, mm -hmm. for for money, and none of those things—pleasure, power, money—none of those things are 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 intrinsically, you know, bad, right? Same thing. The same thing. We could talk about sex too. Sex is not intrinsically bad. Mm -hmm. God created it, you know. But but when they're used uh, out of the context of of God and and truth, like you said, Ryan, that's when they become spoiled. And so I I think it's, you know, so now if if, if if we, you know, put down the hammer and we say, okay, you know, let's let's speak, um, you know, accurately here. And and beauty is God, which means that beauty is truth, mm -hmm. which means that beauty is love. Now it brings into in in, in, in I, I get really passionate about this because I, you know, I I've been having conversations with people recently, friends, close friends, about truth, mm -hmm. you know, and and, the, and these are close friends who may have grown up Catholic or, or didn't grow up Catholic, didn't grow up with any faith, um, but just have sort of this paradigm of the world that, you know, truth is subjective, right. you know, truth is relative. And it's, and I, I know this isn't a very good evangelical argument, but 
it's just like, you know, you can't make an objective truth statement if you're saying that objective truth isn't real. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and then, so I've, I've said that to a couple of the, of, you know, my close friends that I'm talking about and all of a sudden like, you know, like the light bulb goes on or, or they just get kind of like, oh, whoa. And then like, I got to think about that. And I'm not, you know, so it's, it's not a great evangelical strategy, but I, at least for me, it's a starting point. You know, um, we, we wanted, and we can get into this more. We wanted to talk about how we feel pulled Mm -hmm. towards the Lord, Mm -hmm. um, through these transcendentals. And for me, um, for some reason, I don't know why, but it, it just, truth, truth is a, plays a big role in, mm. in pulling me to the Lord and, and sort of, you know, um, faith and reason sort of being able to work together. Hey, everybody. We got some exciting news. We have a whole new Array of Hope app and channel, a video destination where everyone can find meaningful and inspiring videos and resources to help bring them closer to God. This is available on your desktop, Roku, Apple TV, iPhones, and Android mobile phones and tablets. This channel has movies, short, faith-filled segments, live events, and programs. You've got to check it out. Sign up by going to watch.arrayofhope.net and then download the app at the App Store by just typing in Array of Hope. Alanis, did you did you have any comments on beauty or? Yeah, honestly, the friend you're describing, yeah. um, like that was me, honestly. I've mm. always really struggled with being gun-ho about truth. And I think it's just like part of my personality, my temperament. I'm a more of a passive person, very phlegmatic, go with the flow. So um, I understand that. But it's because I like so deeply love beauty that it's hard for me to tap into the truth side. And mm-hmm. not just like beauty and its physical es- essence, but just like the beauty of language, the beauty of words, like Hmm. physical beauty as well. I think that's why I'm like drawn and a lot of young people are drawn to the Latin mass because you get all of those different forms of beauty and like the chant in Hmm. the songs and just like the intrinsic beauty of the chapel or the church with like the ornate wood carvings, just so many things um, that tie into that. But Hmm. when it comes to truth, it's always been a bit more difficult for me, especially Hmm. tapping into my faith because I'm like, Oh, but like, I want you to like feel good. I want to make sure everyone's like, which is so bad. And it's something that I've had to like really learn and grow uh, to just like understand that truth is so important. Capital T truth. Capital T. Yeah. 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 Well, and it's like if, if, so if there is objective truth, which Mm -hmm. we believe is Catholic, God is truth. And, you know, there's a straight line, you know, and you can't, you can't say that there's a crooked line if you don't know what a straight line is. Mm. If there is objective truth and God is truth, but he's also beauty, he's also love, he's also goodness, you know, there's no contradiction there. You know, mm. you know, he, 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 God can't contradict himself, you know, right. you know, we, we can say God can do anything, right. But, but he can't contradict himself because as, as Dave was telling us in one of his, uh, catechism, uh, talks he, he's been doing for us recently, God acts as God acts. You know, and so, and so if, if God is truth, God is beauty, God is goodness, then beauty is truth. Mm. Beauty is goodness. Beauty is love. And all of those terms are sort of simultaneously equal to each other. That means Mm. that there, there's a real goodness and there's a real beauty and there's a real truth, a real love. And I think we, we owe it to each other as human beings to, to search for that. And, and, you know, I'm, I'm not saying by any means, I have a full understanding of what that is. Mm-hmm. But 
but what I think we are saying as Catholics is that we can have a full understanding of that if we focus on Jesus, I mm. think. And that's where I think people get tripped up to what you were saying is you're mm -hmm. so focused on, you know, wanting to help people or just right. be kind yeah, yeah. that you then start to kind of backpedal and like, well, I don't have it figured out. Right. So there's a little bit of doubt there that's like, yeah, well, I yeah. can't really press on this person if I myself am still on that journey of figuring it out. Right. And then you, you, you just start getting distance between you and that person. And then there's no way to even converse with them because there's no truth to allow language to take place for a conversation. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. So. If yeah. there's no truth, how do we trust each other, you know? How do we know we're loving each other? Well, there needs it. to be some sort of grounded truth right? For, for to even have a jumping off point to right. communicate. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I, yeah. Think, I think going to what Jack was saying is that our culture today, it is this, well, whatever is your truth, like follow your truth, find yeah. your truth. Mm -hmm. And I find that that's really selfish. Mm -hmm. And it, it actually hurts you and it hurts other people because then you're on a completely different page than everybody else. And if you're just thinking about yourself, then how are you going to be a good partner, friend, family member, anything, right? Like, how are you going to be functioning along other people if we all can't agree on anything? And especially when it's like, oh, well, your truth is getting in the way of my truth, so then we can't be friends. It's like, right. well, that's like not love. That's not understanding. Right. That's not empathy. That's just being shut off and and stubborn. Um, yep. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's kind of, it, it's hard, um, you know, being young and like trying to figure things out and like having there be so many different definitions of truths and, and so many different truths. And I think it is like, yeah, we can definitely figure that out, but I think it it takes a long time. And I think, like what you were saying, trying to be understanding and compassionate with other people, I think that that can further solidify truths in ourselves by by being exposed to all of these different things and then doing the research on our on our own and kind of coming back to the basics, like yeah. what truth was written down for us, right? Um, and I think... Dave said something in one of his talks, and he yeah. said, peace is like when everything is in order. Yeah, amen, amen. And amen. I think that, like, beauty, like, uh, one of the questions that we wanted to talk about is, in what ways do we feel pulled towards the Lord through these lenses? Mm -hmm. And, like, when I'm, I, like, love to hike, I love to go outdoors, I love to camp. Um, and, like, I find that beauty of, like, silence and, like, physical beauty of, like, being out somewhere and like doing the hard work and hiking 10 miles and yeah. getting to this spot and it's like all trees and all of a sudden it just opens up and you can see for miles and miles. It's like in that moment when everything is still and like everything is in order, it's peace. Mm. And trying to bring that back into the real world is tough. But having all of your, your thoughts and your heart aligned, I mm. think, is like a really huge thing that um, I've been trying to work on and part of that is by knowing what truth is you said having your hearts and truth aligned right absolutely and right. That, so that brings a a, a peaceful conscience absolutely right, right. yeah 100 percent um i don't know if that answered the question no it was fantastic I loved it and that's how life loses value too is what that what do you what in your truth what mm -hmm. what has value to you mm -hmm. and in my truth might you know, human life might have not have too much value. It's more compassionate to 
have less value on human life and then you have abortion and, and all these other things but we're, yeah. that's not compassion you mm -hmm. know it's sometimes compassion is a little bit more right you know, it's, it's not Dave, compassionate yeah, to be so compassionate. By if saying, you're being compassionate, someone's hurt because of it. That's not compassion. That's, by saying yeah. everything, we're saying nothing. Mm. You know? Yeah. And it's it's this thing of like, well, a lot of people, it's like, what do you stand for? What will you stand up for? You know? Um, and I think that a lot of people, it's like, well, I just don't, I don't want to stand up for anything because that's hard, right? Mm -hmm. Um but that also causes so much uncertainty. And then there's no order, like in your yeah. own mind, in your heart, and you're just, yeah. you feel lost, right? 100%. It's like when, when you find a group of friends or something, or you find an activity that like you really love to do, and it's like, oh, I'm going to like go all into this, and it's going to make me happy. It's like, why can't we do that with our lives and our souls, right? Mm -hmm. Like, Absolutely. I think that that's Amen. a huge thing that, you know, the Catholic church and religion in general is kind of this thing that's like become the bad guy somehow. And mm -hmm, I think it's mm -hmm. because, oh, well, there's rules and these rules can prohibit me from, from feeling the things that I want to feel. Yeah, yeah. It's like, but those things that you're trying to feel are just ways of misdirected ways of trying to find truth. Yeah. Yeah, and we're all imperfect, and no one likes to be told that they did something wrong, right, or right. that they are wrong in what they're doing, right. Mm -hmm. So by having a, an institution that has, sets forth a bunch of rules, it's like, right. who are you? You guys, you you have this scandal, that scandal, right. the other thing. Yeah, like, how yeah. dare you tell me that what I'm doing wrong? I'm not hurting anybody, right. and you know, there's that's where conversations start, but yeah. No one likes to be told they're doing something wrong. And we live in a society where everyone's perfect the way they are. You don't need to change. You don't need to get better in any way. Um, and we're seeing how that's playing out. And it's, it's not going well. Not good. It's not I mean, good. There's no adventure in that, though. It's in, in, it, it, it just like, you know, I'm, I'm perfect the way I am. Right. There's no right. Adventure, there's, you, you, right. Like, and there's no room for growth. No. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, right. uh, I, I, think, I think we talked a little too much about Jordan Peterson on this podcast. But not this season. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just wait. Second episode. Uh, he's got this thing. I haven't done it, but it's called the Future Authoring Program. And he, I, I guess, I guess what you do is like you just you sign up for it and you write down a plan for your life. You know, you set some goals, you write down a plan, and you you try and envision, you know, and maybe in a Catholic way, you know, you try and write down a plan for your life that's in accordance with God's will, right? That's in accordance with truth and beauty and love. Uh, so that you just try and imagine what could be the best possible life I could have. And then you also try and say, okay, what could be the worst? How, mm. What's the worst this could be? And you mm. write that out mm. too. Yeah. And so what what he found, and I mean, you know, he's got uh, thousands, if tens, hundreds of thousands of people who sign up for this. What he's found is that, I mean, like people, it, right now in our culture, there, there's a crisis of meaning. Mm. And, and at least what he found through this uh, through this program, which was essentially a psychological experiment, is that people were finding meaning. You know, through this experiment, yeah, and they were being healed in terms of whether it be their families or you mm. know or their relationships or just their 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 dignity and their their self worth. You know, once they wrote down a plan, it was like all of a sudden, oh, like you know, this this is you you, you can you can have some self-respect, mm. you know, and, and, and you can be like, oh, I'm going to go on this adventure and I'm actually going to accomplish something. Cause if you're just sitting around, I'm perfect as the way I am, you know, like, tr trust me, I, I, I tried to do that for many years of my life and 
in my personal experience, that it just didn't work out, yeah. man. And it's just, it just, my self-respect was plummeting. And then all mm -hmm. of a sudden it was like, well, now I have something, you know, Jesus came back into my life. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to Jesus. And all of a sudden I had something to aim for. Mm. And that gives life meaning. Yeah. And so if we, if we, if we don't have... If we don't have a truth, a goodness, a beauty, a, a, a perfect transcendental life to strive for, it's like, what's the meaning? Mm. You know, that's mm -hmm. the meaning. I mean, that's to me, to me. And, and I think I, I assume I speak for all Catholics and all, and all people who are striving for, for meaning because it, it, and another, the, the last thing I wanted to touch on that I think relates to all this is like, you know, someone could play devil's advocate and be like, well, well, you know, why, why, why create this world at all? <laughs> Wait, why is he looking at me? <laughs> Are my horns showing? <laughs> no, no. But, or like, why create this world? Or why, why, why create a world in which evil, you know, is, is possible? But the more I think about it, it's like the, the, the more I, I come to sort of, I don't know. It's just sort of this like in, intuition that there th there couldn't be another universe like in which we were actually like cognizant and aware. You know, it's like we, if if goodness and beauty weren't weren't possible, and it was just like goodness, then we'd just be robots. Mm -hmm. We wouldn't be like self aware. So, and you could argue that, oh, Adam and Eve, Adam and Eve, uh, you know, they were, they were in the state of innocence, you know, and, and, you know, it was all goodness. There was no suffering, but still there was the potential for, for evil. So that was still an aspect. Um, yeah. And, and then, the, and so I, I think that plays into all that. Maybe you guys can comment on it. The last thing I wanted to say about some, some of my close friends I was talking about earlier who brought up, you know, who I brought up and they're, you know, they're just, their paradigm is very relativism you know mm -hmm. um maybe not even by their own fault but what what i've been really encouraged to see this is very encouraging is that they're open to conversation mm -hmm. you know and i think i think just a word of encouragement to our, our catholic listeners out there our, um, listeners who strive for you know the transcendentals um you know if if people are willing to listen and have a conversation that's room for the holy spirit to work it's mm -hmm. nothing that we're doing to convert people. It's the spirit. It's the spirit working, and it's just our job to be a conduit for that. So that's been really encouraging for me. You know. Yeah. Um, to what you were saying before about suffering and evil in the world and whatnot, and like, you, you, have you heard of the book Ready Player One? It's a book became a movie. Steven Spielberg directed it. The world is in shambles. Climate change poverty, overpopulation, everyone lives in these like stack buildings, mm -hmm. very dystopian, but the way they can like experience the world and do anything they want and even go to school is they put on their VR goggles right. oh, and they go and they do everything in basically the metaverse. There was a sequel that came out like a year ago, hmm. um, Ready Player Two. Uh, <laughs> and, um, so, so unique. Yeah. The writer ends it in like a, in like a happy note um, because the way it ends is they end up figuring out a way to upload everyone's consciousness to this like spaceship off of Earth yeah. where everyone can live forever in the kind of like metaverse mm. and everyone's happy. Mm. No one feels pain anymore. Right. So they want a world where we don't have to mm. experience death or loss right. or anything like that, which, yeah, I guess maybe that's heaven, but it almost seems like 
we don't want heaven. We want that server. We want to just stay here. We want this, but we just don't want to feel anything. Mm. If we really know what truth, beauty, and goodness is, right? There's beauty in some of that pain. Like the bad things that happen in your life, you can, with time and understanding, see them as beautiful because it it not only, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it dictates like how you live the rest of your life. And I feel like certain people, when you have conversations with certain people who haven't gone through some of those hardships that other people have, their judgment of what is good Mm. isn't the same as somebody who's been through really bad stuff. Um, And that going that low makes being that high that much greater. Absolutely. And I think that there's beauty in that. And in bad situations, you can still see beautiful things, like how people take care of one another and how people... Uh, how strangers help other people out. And like, right. I, I think that everybody, like you said, wants all of this good all the time. But if, like what Jack was saying, if everything is good all the time, then n- there's going to be no life to live. Like right, the one right. thing that is certain in life is like things are not going to go the way that you think they're going to go. They're not going to be the way you want them. Like you'll get what you want, but you won't get it the way you want it. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think that there's beauty in that because life isn't easy life is hard and i think when you know when you have when you're looking through life in the lens of truth beauty and goodness bad things don't seem as bad because you can see the beauty in them even though heaven will be everlasting joy every tear will be wiped away that'll be because we know what mm-hmm. we went through mm-hmm. we know what we were suffering right. and so i think to to ready player too like you were talking talking about ryan it's almost like if there's if there is no feeling at all right or well it's it's the utopia that we're always that politicians everyone is striving yeah, for we yeah. need this world to be perfect and it's like well who's developing the idea for the utopia right that's not mm-hmm. my utopia Right. Yeah, right. So like reading yeah. the book and it's just like, oh, you want to be stuck in the metaverse forever? Yeah. <laughs> that's, but that's, that's where we've gotten yeah. to. We don't want to live longer. We want to live forever. And mm-hmm. we don't want to right. experience suffering. It's just everyone's kind of yeah. walking around like, oh, no, I hope uh, <laughs> that doesn't happen to me. Or like, yeah. that sounds right. terrible. And this person's going through a terrible time. Like, oh, where's God? That's terrible. But it's like a misunderstanding of that miracle. The miracle yes. is the suffering. Yeah. You said this on an earlier podcast. Yeah. It's, it's not the miracle is, you know, someone... It's not on 34th Street, that's for sure. Uh, <laughs> Santa Claus. Um, different podcast. Um, but, um, you know, the miracle is what happens in that suffering that gets you out of it. Right. And, and people forget that. Amen. Yeah. Well, that's fantastic. I think that's a wrap, guys. Um, yeah. Awesome. So uh, we'll see you uh, or you'll hear us next time on A Reason for Hope Candid. Thank you so much for joining us. Until next time, peace out. Bye, guys. Hey, everybody. Thanks so much for joining us for another episode of A Reason for Hope Candid. Next week's podcast episode features Mario Costabile's interview with Bishop Andrew Cousins, the USCCB Evangelization and Catechesis Committee Chair. They'll be discussing Bishop Cousins' role in organizing the National Eucharistic Revival that's going on right now. If you haven't already, be sure to follow our podcast so you're always in the loop for new releases. Also, make sure to follow Array of Hope on social media and check out AOH Music. You can find all this information in the show notes for this episode. Thanks again so much for listening. And we will be with you next week for our interview with Bishop Andrew Cousins titled A Eucharistic Revival. 
Until next time, peace be with you.